Hi, hello. Welcome to the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. I'm Michael Foreman, author. Hi again, it's Michael Foreman, author, calling to you all the way from the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast in Western Australia. It's a podcast about sexless marriages. I'm an author of some quite unique adult fiction stories that contain sexless marriages, most particularly my own. Yes, I'm a sufferer like you. I'm not a medical practitioner. I'm not a psychologist or a counsellor or therapist looking to heal your wounds. I'm simply here talking to you about sexless marriages. And in past episodes, I've told you all about mine. And there's only so much I can tell you about my sexless marriage. Eventually, you come back around to the start. And that's what it is for all of us, isn't it? It's an endless loop. One week bleeds into the next. You think it's going to stop or there's an exit point or a fork in the road and you think something will change and it doesn't. It ends up being much more of the same. And so it was a little while back I was contacted by a listener who said I should do something different with the podcast. And they wrote to me about their own sexless marriage. And originally I was going to read aloud what they sent to me. And then I contacted them, oh, a week or so back, and I just asked, is there anything you would like to add to it? And that person said, rather than write it, I'll do it as an audio file, and you can hear it that way. And then when I got the audio file in, and I listened to their voice tell me their story, I thought, I can't duplicate that. Yes, I can read out some text, but it's far better when you hear it coming from the raw the rawness of the emotion in the individual that's affected by it. So Elissa is going to share with you her story. I have changed her name. I've also deleted some things from the original text, and you'll hear a beep or two within the podcast track. That's not a glitch. It's done there purposely, basically to protect the identities of the people involved. It's going to get emotional. Like I said, when I heard the track the first time come through, I felt my own throat catching. I felt emotional at the same time. Now, it's been years since I left that sexless marriage, but I can still feel the hurt coming through when I hear somebody else's story. So Elissa has done a wonderful job. I'm just going to sit back and, and now let you listen to what came to me just a couple of days ago. See you on the other side. So, as I said, I'm 49 years old. I've been married for 20 years. It'll be 20 years this December. It'll be my 20th anniversary. I'm, I'm an American citizen. Um, my, well, I now live in I've moved back. Um, but I met my husband in He is my age. He is a, um, he's very soft-spoken. He's very, he's outgoing. Um, he likes to make friends. He's open to, to a lot of things. He's not, you know, macho. He's not, he's on paper. He is the best husband ever. Okay, so when we first got married, or when we first met, I'm sorry, when we first met, um, he was, he was, uh, you know, pretty much like he is today. A very decent man. We got along at the beginning, like, 
you know, like all relationships are, or most of them are supposed to be fun and just genuine, loving. And uh, we had a lot of sex, a lot of good sex, very good sex. We got to know each other at a very intimate level where we knew, you know, what we needed from one another. And somehow, uh, well, we we got engaged. But before that, I told him that, uh, we, you know, we kind of started bickering a little bit here and there. And I told him that if uh, we didn't go to therapy, that I would not marry him. We started going. He agreed. He's kind of reluctant at first. But as he got to know what therapy was like, he started embracing it a little bit more and kind of doing the work. He's He always fell behind a little bit and, and would not quite open up. I think those were signs that I did not see. Maybe because for many reasons, I was completely in love with him. I was madly and utterly in love with him. Um, when I got married, there was no one. There was no one I could have, you know, I could have replaced him with, I could have been distracted over. There was like no one that would have prevented me from marrying this man because I was that much in love. And he was a good man, you know? At that point, we had it all. We had sex, we had, you know, therapy, we had um, things in common. It was it was perfect. Our first year of marriage, you know, people say that um, that the first year is always the most difficult year. For me, it really for us, it really wasn't. It was so easy, you know, to just live with him, to go and and share a space with him. I think the most difficult thing for me was that um, he we had we we had bought um, a little French poodle, and she uh, shared the bed with him before I came in. And so it was really hard to get her off. And I think that was the most, the hardest part that I had to share my bed with two other bodies, you know, but that was about it. It was quick. It was very, it was very easy to get used to it. And I didn't complain because I was just so, just so happy. Um, I think uh, maybe six years into the marriage, he um, started changing. You know, we started having less sex. And I started wondering why. He got a new job, a fancy new job. He's a And he got a, you know, he got the job. And he was well on his way. He uh, was living, we were living, sorry, we were living far away from where he worked. So he had, his commute was very long. And the work was very demanding. He spent a lot of time on the phone on weekends and everything. And he, um... He was just very distant, and I asked him, you know, thousands of times if he could, you know, just at least sit down and have dinner with me, finish a movie in the movie theater. He would just walk out of the movie theater because they called him on, you know, on a Sunday or in the middle of sex, and he would get a call, and he would have to go and get it, right? So um, that, I think, distanced us a little bit. I, had, I fell into a depression I, I told him about it. He he didn't he didn't even flinch. He was like, I don't I don't know. I think I think now I think that's just the way he is. He doesn't know how to confront the problems that he has with me. And he I will talk his ears off and he will not say anything. When I say he will not say anything, I mean he will not say anything. It's uh 
it's really, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, frustrating, thank you. The frustrating is the word. It's, it's extremely frustrating because, you know, I will ask him questions and he will just really say nothing. So when we started having less sex, I confronted him about it and I, and I just plainly asked him bluntly, are you okay with the amount of sex that we are having? And he said, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> That's all he said. I'm okay. He didn't even ask me, are you or anything? He just said, yeah, I'm okay. And I just said, really? And he said, yeah. So I was just at first, you know, I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just, I was, I guess I was in shock and I just kind of took the answer and just went along with it at first. And, you know, and, and that was it. I started looking for other ways of, you know, maybe trying to get his attention. Um, I tried everything. There was a, a book called 360, no, 50, 52 Invitations to Great Sex. So supposedly um, the book had an actual invitation for an evening of sex. And um, on one hand, and on the other hand, you had um, instructions of how, of what you could do. They were instructions of, of an evening. So you had to do this, you had to buy that, you had to go out and drive him or her there and do this. And they were really creative things, you know, very creative. You didn't know what to expect. And, and I tried those and I said, well, you know, we can try, you can try one and I'll do one. And that was supposedly how it worked, right? the couple would alternate every week and send an invitation and, you know, just kind of send it in a flirtatious kind of way. Maybe I would put in his backpack, you know, for work or something like that, you know, just kind of a fun way of him getting the the invitation and stuff from just from the very beginning. And, and we did maybe a couple each. I did one more and then when his turn was up, he stopped. You know, he did about two, I did about three, and that was it. No more. He was done with it. I sent him a picture, a provocative picture, and what I got was just, I think it was like the worst thing. He, his reaction was that of a, just, he was angry. He was upset because he said that he was working and that, you know, that somebody could see his phone or somebody could, you know, could walk by and, and see that picture or something. and. At first I thought, is he cheating on me? You know, maybe that was it. I really found no indication that that was happening. I did not go through his phone. I don't do that. I don't go through people's phones and I don't like to be that kind of woman that will do that. That hurt me. It humiliated me so, so much. It just, you know, the way he reacted to a picture like that of me, it was just, extremely humiliating. I was, I felt rejected. I felt angry. I felt hurt. I felt it was just, it was just awful. Um, uh, then after that, uh, you know, I tried other things. We went back to therapy and then he, you know, again, he says nothing. There's like nothing there and there's no reason why he doesn't know why or just no reason. I have no idea why my husband stopped having sex with me. 
I thought of everything. I thought maybe he's gay. Maybe there's somebody else in the picture. Maybe one time I tried to, um, you know, we, I, I suggested we separate. And he said no. So I thought, well, you know, it's not that. It's not that he's with someone. I mean, he could have taken that and, and just ran with it, you know. But he said no. I insisted. He insisted no. Uh, we got pregnant. I don't even know how we got pregnant. And so I guess things from there for me just kind of, you know, I stopped pressuring him um, because, um, I mean, for obvious reasons, I was, you know, I just had a baby. I was just too busy with the baby. I had, uh, you know, a little bit of postpartum depression. I was, it was just hard and I, I gained a lot of weight and I wasn't healthy and I just, I really just couldn't. So, and I wasn't interested either. So for a few years, it was... It was, I guess, just not fine, but I wasn't really thinking about it either. You know, until it got a little, my son got a little older and I started kind of being a little bit more free and having a little bit more time for myself. Then it started again, you know, my, obviously my desires and my needs and, but still he, well, there was nothing. Um, by that time I was very angry. You know, I was extremely angry. I, I told the therapist that I was like permanently pissed off. He was very shocked and he said that he helped me with that and he said that I should definitely let go of that because it's just not, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't good for me. I obviously started feeling a little bit more depressed and alone, lonely. And uh, six years ago, I just, my son and I were on Christmas break for the two weeks and at home doing nothing and you know I was on my phone and I I don't know how I stumbled upon a dating site I guess I was just bored and I went in there and I met someone I, I wasn't looking for anything and I tried to push him away and you know he didn't budge and it just came became a thing and he um we were living in two different countries I was in at that time and he was here in and so I guess maybe that was just easier, at least I could get the attention I needed. And and he he was, no, he was just, it was safe, I guess. But eventually we, we met because he was from We eventually met in That took off. We have been together for, well, I mean, not together, together. But, you know, we've been having this relationship for six years now. It'll be six years in December. He's on the same boat, you know? sexless marriage now the reason why I haven't left him is because he and I I mean first of all I think he's like probably my best friend and I know this sounds really strange it really does but he is he's 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 like my best friend he it's it's like we're roommates you know and obviously roommates but then are not having sex and we're raising a kid together and we have a lot in common and, and we love spending time together and 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 I think the fact that I that I married him when I was completely and utterly in love with him as you know that love is not easy to let go of he is in a way my home he's the first person I look to when uh when, I, when there's something wrong, I know that he will always be there. I know that he um, that he cares for us then. But there's simply no sex, and that is just, um, 
it's very painful. It's very painful and because everybody thinks that we're like, we're the greatest couple ever, you know? But the truth is very different and, and very painful. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, like I said, he's such a great husband. He's such a good man. He's He really is a good man. But on the other hand, I think, well, you know, I I deserve, I deserve because I, I need to be touched and I need to be loved and I need to be, I need to have legs and I need, I have, I'm a normal human being. I don't know what he does. I don't know what it is. I mean, he's, I mean, I don't think he's, you know, he's not having an affair COVID. He never left the house. So, you know, and he was in July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. He was in for seven months, unless he had somebody there for seven months. But I really doubt it with what we were going through. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But that's it. I... I don't know. I don't know what is going to become of me, but there are uh, some of us who can't or won't or don't know if they should leave this person. There are some of us that do love. I think some of us, I think there should be, a, you know, somebody else out there like me that do love this person or these people. But, you know, there's that missing, that factor. If If my husband were having sex with me, I, he would be the best husband ever. I would be completely and utterly, again, in love with him. And I've told him, I've told him I'm not in love with you anymore. I, I mean, I love him, but I'm not in love with him like I used to be. And he says nothing. <sighs> well, that's like my story. Um, I really appreciate you listening and, you know, lending an ear and, uh, and doing the podcast because for such a long time I felt alone and obviously you can't share this with just anybody. Well, wasn't that emotional? There was more content tagged on to the end of the audio file, but I've chosen to delete it. There were some people's names mentioned in it. It would certainly identify uh, the person involved. Now, if you have a story of your own and you'd like to contact me, you're quite welcome to come to my website at mydeadbedroom.wordpress.com. That's mydeadbedroom, all one word, .wordpress.com. That's where all this content goes to. It's then shared through some social channels. Or you can come to my author site at michaelformanwriting.com. That's where my books are found and you'll find some interesting stories there that you can download. My first book, Seethings, is available for free at the moment, and you can go uh, to my website and download yourself a copy of the story and find out a little bit about what happened when it came to having a sexless marriage. It's fiction, but it's based on fact, and some other elements have been thrown in for entertainment. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We can't change our partners, but if they choose not to have sex with you, for whatever reason, you are still stuck. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And it's true. You cannot make your partner have sex with you. They choose not to do it. 
They're entitled to not wanting to do sex. But then there's you. You're entitled to have sex. You're caught between a rock and a hard place. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Join me again when I make my next episode on the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. Just remember, it can always rain on your parade. See you later. Thank you.